Hey everybody, this is Mandy, and I'm the girl that doesn't like Samuel Jackson. Yeah, I said it. Hi you guys, I'm Ollie, and when the customer service rep says thank you, come back later, I'm the girl that says you too, and drives off really quickly. And this is the Mandy and Ollie podcast. Search for guys with the most things. Daddy ran away, left your mama with the keys to the Mustang. Yeah, keys to the Mustang. Anyways, Mandy, how are you doing on this fine day? Uh, I'm alright. It is okay. officially hot, hot. What? We're in the 90s this week. What? Like y'all having a flashback party? Or y'all just nah, having hot flashes? <laughs> Girl, don't you okay? I got my <laughs> living savage, aka living single hat, right here. Nice. You know I'd be ready. Nice. But, somebody nah. got their hats, but we could say that for another podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Talk about bad online customer service. But no, I'm saying 90 degrees, as in outside, the sun is here, humidity is live, and we're just mm-hmm. boiling. Um, but I'm still we're- trying to have a good weekend and be out here. We're in May. I'm very surprised it's so hot. I went outside. It was raining a little bit. Then it got hot out of nowhere. And then when I was out and about today, I was like, man, I'm smelling somebody kind of rank. And then I got home and took off my hoodie, and I was like, mm, that somebody was me. <laughs> I was like, this is so unusual. But then I remembered I'm, I started using this natural deodorant. So for two days, I didn't use it just to chill out for a while. And I was like, ah. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> it's good that you were honest about it. You weren't trying to throw it off with somebody. Somebody else think you like me. Mm-hmm. I am she. No. She is I. No, he is I. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's on your docket for today? As you know, I love to always start with this is a safe space. Oh, wait. May I interject? Yes, you may. Gracias. Did you want to start with the updates? Remember, we're supposed to have our to-do list stuff from last week. We can do that. We can do that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't know if that was, like, on the docket or if that was supposed to be before or after, so I just wanted to throw it out there. We've been doing it before, and, you know, even though I like to start with this as a safe space, maybe it is a good thing to just kind of start with our goals and see if we're actually achieving them. So, mm-hmm. Or if they that. exist at all. Okay. Who, right. who would, <laughs> would you like to go first or me? Nah, you go first. Okay. So you all, if you've been listening, and if you haven't, you should go back. There are a couple uh, episodes you missed. We talked about creating a goal and attaining that goal. And last week I failed because <laughs> my goal was to get a to-do list, but I didn't have a to-do list to write, hey, pick up a to-do list, which sounds weird, but it's a catch-22 because I can't write down what I need to do unless I have a to-do list. I can't go get a to-do list without writing down, Ollie, pick up a to-do list. So <laughs> I uh, <laughs> just randomly remembered, and I didn't get the type of list that I wanted, but I did get a calendar. So I got a calendar where I could fill in the dates and fill out, um, like, notes at the bottom. And I also picked up some journals. I want to start journaling um, just to have some stuff to, like, look back on or maybe if I decide to expand my family one day so they could be like, oh, 
this is what mother was thinking. <laughs> so um, I'm excited about that. I did follow the calendar. I did actually use it. I haven't set any goals per se yet, but I have been using it, so I'm happy about that. Okay. That's good. See, progress. Thank you. Thank you. What about you? I know you were planning on your, yeah, getting your sweat on. Yeah. So previously I had only one goal, which was to work out. So I do an ab workout. But additionally to that, like Ali was saying, it was important to like write down these goals to kind of give effectiveness to them being complete. So I wrote it down because last week I hadn't wrote it down. This week I wrote it down and I added a couple of more goals to that. Uh, Some of them that I will share with you are planning and then making a recipe, like a meal. Okay. All right. A whole meal? Yeah, like a whole meal. Like write that, like pick a a meal, purchase all the ingredients, make that thing. And that's something that like I already know how to make or that I usually make, like, you know, a new thing. And then kind of doing the same thing for a cocktail, like creating or planning a summer cocktail and then buying the ingredients and then mastering that joint because nice. I feel like I need a nice little situation for the summer. Okay. So that's okay. the part that I completed of my goals is writing all my goals down. Nice. That's good. That's the first step is writing it down. 50% of people actually get stuff done or 50% more of the population gets it done if they write it down. So we're well on our way. Yeah. And I can see myself getting a lot of the things done, but that workout, again, is it's, my willpower is just not pushing me to do it. <laughs> That's understandable. Like, I find myself, like, feeling like I'm going into hibernation. Like, I've been eating a lot lately, and I'm like, what am I storing this food for? I don't understand. <laughs> but it's it's easier to eat than work out, in my opinion. But even after a while, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, chewing is so tiresome. <laughs> like, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I can see how that's true. I, I am kind of like, again, going back to when we talked about food weights, I chose to pick some healthier options this week to counteract the fact that I knew I probably wasn't going to work out. Okay. So I'm just like, all right, these salads are about to be bomb. This fruit is going to taste so good, and we're probably not going to eat much else until I do my whole meal planning event. Well, that makes yeah. sense. I'm glad you decided to go fresh food. I do have a question that you might be able to answer due to your background. Is plum pudding an English dish? Do you know? Yeah. Oh, I knew it. Okay, so we have like two bags of plums here. And the outside, they still feel firm and soft, but the inside feels a little too soft. And I'm like, I don't know if these are bad or if it's just time to turn them into something that involves plum as an ingredient. So I was like, is mm. plum pudding English? Mandy would know. No, <laughs> I don't even know if they have plums and plum pudding. Would that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> that is something I feel like recipes do. <laughs> like they name it after something, and it's like, no, it only has egg whites and lemon lemon zest. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, that's another thing that's like I know we're totally like getting off subject now, but. When you're baking and they do so much stuff with egg whites, like meringue, all they do is whip it, and that's supposed to make it cook. And I feel really anxious about that. I'm just like, (laughs) but you didn't add any heat to that. Like, I understand. Well, no, they bake it. They do bake it, too. Some meringues, they do not bake. Like, some things with egg whites, they do not bake. Yeah, because I watched, like, a lot of 
the great British Bake Off and um, mm-hmm. other little cooking shows where they use stuff with egg whites. And I'm just like, all y'all mm-hmm. did is, is whip that. And I don't know how I feel about it. That's so interesting to me. So first of all, whipping egg whites is like one of the most interesting things to me whenever I watch someone bake. I'm always like, please use the whisk, please use the whisk, because I love just seeing it go from liquid to solid and creamy. I've always seen them bake it, though, so I can't say it's gross that they don't, because when I think about people that eat sunny side, sunny side of eggs, I'm like, yuck, yuck, yuck. So uh, I can imagine people not bake. But I don't understand, like, how do you not get the salmonella or not get sick from eating raw eggs? But it's not my business. It's none of my business. It's none of my business. It's none of my business. Okay. So are we ready for this as a safe space? I have one this week. Oh, that's good, because last week you said you were going to do it this week. Mm -hmm. I said that the prior week, too. (laughs) (laughs) After you, my lady. Um, The thing that I have for this is a safe space, how do I explain this, is when you do something inappropriate, how do you recover from it? Hmm. What level of inappropriate are we talking about? Okay. Um, listeners, please understand that I know that I did something wrong, and I'm not trying to Uh-oh. get me too. <laughs> and in my younger days, I may not have always understood that the thing I was doing was inappropriate. But at this point in my life, I understand that that's not an appropriate thing to do, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to recover, whether that's, like, go to the person and kind of bring it up and apologize, or both of us hope that we just never going to speak with that again. Okay. But um, I may or may not have. Oh wait! Can I start? I, can I start an instrumental before you start? An instrumental. I, yeah, with my mouth. Okay. Watch this. These are my confessions. <laughs> no? Did you catch that? Did you catch that? I, was, I didn't. Not until you said confessions. I was like, I don't know what's happening. But I'm so I tried. I tried. It sounded better in my head. I'm sorry. Please continue. I'm quiet. <laughs> I got it once you told me, but before I was just like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> All right. I don't got my beat maker with me, so I tried. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, what I was trying to say is I don't know why I said I may or may not have. I did. I accidentally touched my male friend's junk. Uh, uh what did you say? <laughs> Please <don't> say. <laughs> um, we were playing Jenga, and I lost, but the <laughs> <laughs> but the Jenga pieces fell in his direction, and he had like cups of a liquid in his direction. So the pieces knocked over the cup, which fell into his lap. Oh. And then I proceeded to try to pat his lap <laughs> with, you know, paper towels and such to dry him. <gasps> and as I felt that I was doing this thing that I shouldn't be doing in my awkwardness, I just kept doing it because I was just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> wait, inter- wait, interception, interjection. Did he not say, oh, I got it, or you don't have to, or was he just looking at you like, yeah, clean it up? Like, what was he no. doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the everything is the the beverages that we were drinking were like alcoholics. So I don't even know that I have the best clarity to determine what his response actually was. But in, yeah. eventually, I did stop. Like I didn't just keep chilling on him. But <laughs> it was just like, uh, okay, this isn't helping. Stop doing it. <laughs> So what did you do? Did y'all address it, or was was it something you thought about in retrospect, or did you text him, like, hey, sorry about spilling the jingle blocks in your lap and patting you down? <laughs> like, no, how we did you fix that? I, well, I apologize for spilling, you know, the drink on him, but I didn't, we didn't address the fact that I touched his junk. All right. Are you sure it was his junk and not, like, a jingle block that went in his pants? The it wasn't a jingle block. I'm How sure. Oh, you, you were drinking. I'm sure. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Lord have mercy. So my question, see, you making me feel unsafe. Okay. <laughs> this is a safe space. This is a safe space. Remember, this is a safe space. This is why I brought it here because okay. I didn't know. I just didn't know what to do. So I thought. In the safety of this space, I could try and figure out how to handle it differently. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> you oh, don't Lord. want to handle it. That's what you can do. I, I wasn't trying to do it. that, but yeah, <laughs> I don't want to handle it. <laughs> I guess next time you can give him or her, like, the paper towels to them, give it to themselves or give it to them to clean up themselves. But if they, I guess, like, were his hands full? Like, did he have two drinks? Was he double-fisting drinks? No. So no. you just took it upon yourself to help go the extra mile? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so next time, don't be so eager to help. Just chill. <laughs> just chill. I, mean, I just feel like while it'll be clear for me not to make that specific mistake again, I wouldn't right. be surprised if I ended up in another inappropriate situation. So I guess my question is, like, how do I generally recover from potentially inappropriate situations? Hmm. I would see that as awkward. You know, we're all about awkward. That situation I would define as more awkward. I think inappropriate would have been if he, if he was like, okay, I got it, or like visibly uncomfortable, and you just kept like, hey, hey, let me dry you off, hey, hey. I think that would be <laughs> the line cross for inappropriate. But in the future, like, I don't know, say you did something else that you deemed it as inappropriate, I would try to kind of like immediately address it then if it's, you know, someone you don't know. or But if it's someone like you will maybe never see again and you think you can live with the situation and just drive off, then maybe don't address it at all. But this mm-hmm. is someone you were going to see again, correct? Yeah, we're homies. Okay. And, but no one else has brought it up? You haven't brought it up? He hasn't brought it up? No. <laughs> okay, well, maybe he doesn't remember. Uh, well, okay. one can only hope. <laughs> All right. <laughs> one can only hope. How would you like, like it? Never happen. Do you want to bring it up? Oh, okay, nah, all right then. Really. Like, like what never happened? Huh. There we exactly. go. All right. There we go. <laughs> okay. Um, so for my this is a safe place insert, there's a lot of hullabaloo about the changing of laws and whatnot. And someone gave this really good example that I wanted to share for this section. So <laughs> someone made the point 
They said if one woman had intercourse with 100 men in, in, in any given year and got pregnant, she would only logically usually produce one baby. However, if one man had intercourse with 100 women and they all got pregnant, then he would produce 100 babies logically, but in statistically probably more than that if you account like all the people, you know, he's impregnating. So <laughs> the argument came up, or not even the argument, the suggestion came up that maybe um, men should have their reproductive <laughs> devices policed. Right, that too. Vasectomies or be made to, you know, <laughs> reel it in because um, I, I don't agree with. So in general, I feel like you can do whatever you want to do as long as it doesn't hurt me or anyone else. If you're, you do what you want to do with your body, tattoos, piercings, I don't want to say you can harm yourself, but if what you're doing, I, I don't suggest that at all, but I'm saying if what you're doing in your house, in your household, isn't harming me, you, or anyone else, that's your business, what you do with your body. So that's in general how I feel. Specifically, I'm just not down with these laws that can tell me what I can and cannot do. We're already so heavily policed as people through technology, through just walking down the street. So to have someone say, you know, we believe in the separation of church and state, but religiously I think this is wrong, so you can't do it. It's just crazy to me because <laughs> it's like a contradiction within a contradiction. And I was having this conversation. I don't think Republicans believe in that, though. I know that we're believe not what? I'm, separation between church and state. I think right, but they say like it. how the law works. But mm. I don't think that's what they fully believe. I agree. No, they don't believe in it. But they say that, oh, we, they say it, but they don't follow through with it. So that's what just bothers me. Or they're, they're, uh, It just bothers me that there's so many contradictions. And, again, the government policing the bodies of women, like that just sounds very 1984, big brother, like we're controlling you and the population. So it just, it just. It sounds like my head is just like, and usually, you know, when people are like, ooh, mind explosion, head blowing, I'm like, yeah, right. But over here, I'm like, <laughs> like my head is just like, this doesn't make any kind of earthly sense. Yeah, my, the notion of, of what is, for what the government can control and not control or whether considered people's inalienable rights and whether not considered people's inalienable rights. Mm-hmm. And the fact that certain health and bodily things are just like, no, you can't decide that by yourself. But this gun needs its own free will. <laughs> Which you can get from Walmart, by the way. Buy one, get one free. Right. <laughs> and I'm not, like, anti-gun in general, but the, right. like, the concept of, like, doing things to protect people mm-hmm. makes sense. And that's partly what... Um, some of these things that people are opposing are about is saying, like, creating these laws isn't actually protecting people. It's harming people. And it's putting mm-hmm. some people who have already been in a harmful situation even more in harm, adding right. to their trauma if they right. experience, you know, rape or incest or whatever and saying, like, we're going, like, ignoring that factual trauma and adding to it by forcing them to do something against their will. Mm-hmm. So 
I think it's just hard to understand what it's not hard. It's easy, but it just still doesn't make sense. You know those things where you're just like, I know this doesn't make sense, but it's still happening, and I need someone to make it make sense. That's the world that I feel like we're living in, where I'm like, <laughs> where it's just so simple. Where it's like, like you said, like if a man can produce or can cause the existence for more children because they're not really doing the production part. That's what this whole mm-hmm. argument is Hello. about. Hello. <laughs> but but if men can contribute more than women can in in creating all of these lives, but they have no rules set in place for them, it's evidence that you don't actually care about the thing that you're saying because it's not measured equally or fairly or realistically even. So I want to piggyback also on the categories that you said. Like it's ludicrous that like you said, rape and incest can definitely be traumatic and then you have the situation that you can't control because of that. And I feel like additional categories are there's financial stressors. Like if you can't afford to have a baby, there's psychological stressors. Maybe you don't feel like you're ready or you don't want to have a child. And there are also like health factors and risk factors. Like what if you can't carry to term or what if you become septic or what if something happens where it's like your life or the baby's life. So it's just like the fact that I I just could never see myself telling someone else, you know, this is, you can do this and you can do that with your body. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you cannot impose your beliefs on other people. You have to respect every person's belief. It's kind of even like how certain religions are like, this is the right religion. I'm like, well, everyone feels like that because it's their religion. And it's one thing for you to say, this is the right religion. This is what I believe in. Yay, my religion. It's another thing for you to say, this is the right religion. This is what I believe in. Your religion is wrong, and this is why you should believe in mine. Like <laughs> literally, what this country was founded on was people not telling other people what their <laughs> beliefs should be. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But that was just my little piece I wanted to add in. Like you worry about yourself, and I'll worry about myself. And I think I said this before, either off the podcast or on the first one. Like, how am I gonna? Tell someone to clean up their backyard if mine is dirty. Like, you need to clean up your own backyards before trying to tell someone else what they need to do with theirs. And even then, keep that to yourself. That's all I have to say. Worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. So with that, I think we're closing out. This is a safe space. Plus the mother, because I'm down for mother. Is that what you're saying? Hey, yeah, hey. Is. you got that one. So how come I got confession so wrong? I come on, beat. Okay, hey. see, that's what happened. I didn't have the beatboxing undertone. All right, I know what I missed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question. So we talked about looking at, well, I asked or talked about looking at, uh, like, movies, older movies, newer movies and whatnot, or new releases, old releases, or new releases we never got around to. Long story not so short. Um, Did you look at that movie we talked about? I did. Okay. Would you like to discuss that? 
I would totally love to discuss it. Okay. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) So the movie we're talking about is See You Yesterday. And I want to just say that this movie had a lot of the elements that I support. And then when it came together, the main character's attitude just threw off the movie for me. I like that it was young black kids showing that they could be smart, that nerdy was okay. I liked it that they had goals. I liked it that it was realistic. I liked the cameo from Michael J. Like, that was really cool. I liked the reality of the situation about, you know, our young black American children, you know, getting shot, basically. So I appreciate the realities behind it all. I appreciated the filmography. It wasn't like some, you know, cheap blockbuster straight DVD film. Like, it was awesome. It's a Spike Lee joint, correct? Uh, I don't know if it can be counted as that. He produced it, but he didn't write and direct it. Oh, uh, okay. So he gave the monies. All right. Well, he was involved somehow. He supported it. Right, he put a stamp on it. So I loved all those elements, and for some reason, the underdevelopment of CJ's character as just being immature and being very selfish was a put-off to me. Like, I kept waiting for her to be less selfish. I kept waiting for her to be less upset. And I was like, I understand being naturally upset. I understand the the this little fabrication of the angry black woman and I was like I don't know if this is what is bothering me that she just is so upset all the time because I'm fine if women are upset that's fine we got a million and ten different ways from here to Sunday to be upset I don't I just feel like that I didn't really see any progress from her and it just that tainted the whole thing for me so what are you thinking um well I I wanted to understand a little bit, I'm trying to remember the exact word you used, but if you're saying, like, how you think she was, not that she was immature, I can't think about what you were trying to say. I would Um, say immature. (laughs) I would say, like, her temperament, like, they they did keep talking about her temperament, but I was just like, everyone's telling you about your temperament. Your temperament has caused, okay, the first thing that really just made me kind of like. I know what confused me is that you called her selfish. Why do you think she's selfish? Yeah. Because, so even the first time they went back in time, like, you're not focused on what you need to do. Like, with the whole slushy situation, I was just like. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Put a little beat here. Beat, beat, beat. (laughs) Okay. So the slush, if you haven't seen See You Tomorrow, you might want to skip to. See yesterday. All right. (laughs) See, 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 yeah, see. If you haven't seen me yesterday, you might want to uh, skip ahead. Anywho, there was a situation where she threw slushies on her ex, and then they ran off. And then later on, she did it again. And I was just like, I don't understand. I don't. So I understand that they were in high school, and intellectual maturity isn't the same as emotional maturity. However, I feel like she was smart enough and emotionally mature enough to understand that you know, you need to focus on the goal, which is to save your brother. That was your goal. You're the one that's gung-ho about this. Not only that, when her ex got hurt, she just acted like it was no big deal. When Sebastian got hurt, she was upset. But again, no big deal. I'll just go back. I'll just keep going back. And I feel like she doesn't, she's not understanding that every time, just like Sebastian said, every time you go back, something crazy might change. He said this from the get-go, like, we don't know what could happen. We shouldn't do it. And like, here you are, you went back and I ended up dead. And she's just like, I can fix that. I can fix it. I can fix it. Instead of realizing like, it may be just that you need to let your brother go. So the, 
that's what I mean about her temperament and her, her, I just felt like it was very selfish. Like you're not listening to anyone and you don't care what the repercussions are. You're just going to try to make this work every time. Well, the first time she went back when she broke her ex's arm, that was when they were first testing it out and they only went back one day. So her brother hadn't died yet. So I do understand why she went back and did a selfish thing. Because she was like, oh, this is just a test run and blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. And Sebastian had told her, don't do anything that's going to affect the past. But Mm -hmm. I could understand why she was like, oh, this is no big deal. Then he broke his arm. (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't. Th- no, I, moment, no, I can't understand the no big deal thing. No, no. After all the movies, Sebastian, first of all, gave you the rundown, and we all know all the movies. Don't mess with the space time continuum. Don't mess with the line mm-hmm. alternate universes. We all know this. She knew it. Michael J. Fox is your teacher. He's in the movie. <laughs> Back to the future references right in your face. He knows what y'all are doing. He said, bring it back the little protons when you're done. He knows what you're trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that in that notion, she, she learned, she did understand that what she does affects other things, which is why she kept trying to change it every single time she went back. The issue is what Sebastian was trying to tell her, which is it doesn't matter what you try and change. By changing something, there's always going to be an outcome that you don't anticipate. Right. And that's why it broke my heart. As soon as I saw past Sebastian go into that bodega, I was like, and, and future Sebastian was watching him, I was like, Sebastian going to get shot. <laughs> I saw it coming. I saw it coming because I was just like, ain't nothing good going to come from her seeing a past version of somebody. Nothing good is going to come from it. And it didn't. And even when it was happening, it was still interesting to me the dynamic that she had with her brother because in every iteration of uh, his life, he always, after the original incident of him dying, he always felt like something was off, which pretty much said to me, some of the things that I guess we experience in life are supposed to happen even if they're tragic. Like, it's something that we're supposed to experience to teach us. But she never learned that. <laughs> she just kept going. <laughs> so I do, I, I, but I don't look at it as her trying to be selfish, like, in the general sense of, like, she only cared about herself. I do think she was just, like, living in this idealistic world, especially being, you know, a young woman in her teens, that... She'd experienced loss in her life. Her father had passed away. Sebastian had experienced loss in his life. His parents had passed away. And she didn't want to have to experience any more loss. She was like, I don't want to lose any more people if I can do something about it. And a lot of people feel that way. Like, if they feel like they could have done something to prevent a tragic thing from happening, they would have. But most of us don't have that opportunity. Most of us don't have a time machine. And she's just like, I will go back as many times as I have to in order for something to turn out right. And I thought it was going to end with her getting shot, like her future self Mm -hmm. getting shot, Mm -hmm. which would have made sense. Like I think that would have been fine if that had happened because her past self still would have been there. Do you know what I mean? I get what you're saying. But that's not what they Uh, do. 
<laughs> that's not what they did. So I I feel like you can be selfish, but even when you're thinking about other people, I feel like she was selfish in the way that she just said, you know what, I'm going to follow what I think I should do, and I'm going to keep doing it no matter the risk. No, And you're right, it ripples. So it rippled back to her original brother. He felt something. So say she because the way the movie ended, oh, did not like that either. How she's just going back in time again. It ended right then. Then credits started rolling. So I'm just like, so what if she she decides, you know, I'm going to try as much as I can to get the outcome I want, and she sends like 30 different ripples back to Sebastian, to her mother, to you know her brother, like, and she's mm. just affecting their lives. So it's just like you don't know. We don't know what the effects of using these machines are on you or the other people you're going back to. So I just feel like it it was a risk she decided to take at the risk of others' lives, and I didn't think that was cool. Yeah, it was really interesting. I thought it was a good movie in the context of just, like, the acting and the vibe that they uh, created in terms of it being New York in the Bronx. I think they were in the Bronx. Um, was just so real. Yeah. I love how many Caribbean people they had yes. represented there. <laughs> Guyana and I think the Jamaican man that push have the push cart going down the street. <laughs> I'm like, that's very New York. Um, I just enjoyed that energy. They had um Eduardo and his uh Latino background. I'm just like, Yeah, this is New York. <laughs> this is accurate. <laughs> so I like that part of it. And then the actors that play CJ and Sebastian, actually, I looked this up today, they actually grew up together, like, in real life. Oh, that's Yeah, like, their chemistry of, like, you're my best friend, but you're also my brother. You're my best friend, but you're also my sister. It was real, you know? Yeah. No, that's neat. I did try to find them, and... Like, when someone's name isn't clickable in Wikipedia, I'm just like, mm, they probably don't have a lot <laughs> that I can find. <laughs> so I did, like, use IMDb for a couple of people. And so I saw them, and I was like, oh, these people are way older than what they're portraying, which is normal in filmography. But I yeah. was like, I didn't know you were, like, this age. <laughs> yeah. So that was interesting to see. And then I saw, like, some stills and screenshots of them, like, all dressed up and dolled up. And I was like, okay, yeah, y'all are grown. Okay. (laughs) I did like the vibe also of the movie. I just, I did not care for the tunnel vision attitude of the character. And I do feel like that spoiled the whole movie for me because I wanted to like it as a whole. But to me, that just overshadowed how I felt about it. It just, it was a lot to me. So with your feelings on that, would you recommend others to see See You Yesterday? Mm, you know, I'm not a big, <laughs> a big recommender in general. So when I do recommend something, I feel like it has to be not necessarily spectacular, but something that really, like, either moves me or spoke to me or had me, like, in stitches laughing or, like, had me crying or something. I was like, this needs to be seen. I don't feel like this needs to be seen by everybody. Like, I feel like it's okay where it's at. If you stumble across it, then, yeah, give it a try. It's only eight, it's 80 minutes I'm looking at the thing, so it's not It's not going to take up a lot of your time. So yeah, it if you happen, Yeah, if you happen to find it, sure, but I wouldn't, like, type it in. Um, what about you? I would, would you recommend, recommend it? it. Yeah, one, really? the nostalgia. Okay. The nostalgia of seeing Michael J. Fox, like, A, 
I Back to the Future was in my top ten movies for a really, really long time. Really? And especially with him having like the Parkinson's now, I just love when I see him working. Okay. Because he's like my childhood. And then I did like just seeing, you know, these brown faces um, being nerdy, being hyper intelligent, like the abilities and the stuff they had. With and then that duality with like her brother and him being like. I don't know what y'all talking about. And then be like, he's like, y'all gonna stop shooting me. (laughs) Or it's just like, you can have, you can, we're not all the same, even within the same family group. Like we can be different, but then the same way that CJ said to her brother, like we can still all be great. Like just because she's the nerdy scientific one doesn't mean that he doesn't have a a great plan for his life. Right. Which, um, I think he ultimately proved, like, he was a protector, and yeah. he protected her from the beginning, and some people may not see as much value in that. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, in the first part with the ex-boyfriend, like, he came oh, in to yeah. the scene, like, as a protector, and then, yeah, and then he ultimately protected Sebastian, and some people may not look at that as, like, the main theme of the movie, like, oh, it's about kids, um being nerdy and creating this sci-fi world. And I'm like, yeah, but it's also about kids being brave and Mm -hmm. just doing this, making a grand gesture, an unselfish one, in in fact, if you're going to compare it to how CJ could be selfish, an unselfish gesture that ultimately could risk them everything, but doing it because that's like, that's what they're made of. Like, that's the character that they have in them. So there were a lot of parts of it where I'm still just like, yeah, I I recommend it. I recommend it to people that I think I know would would like it. I may not recommend it to everybody. Why would you say it wasn't – what what part are you saying is an unselfish gesture? I was talking about her brother. Oh, I thought you meant her, like, going back in time to save him. No, I was saying, like, his unselfishness. Um, juxtaposed to her selfishness. Got you. Okay, got you. If on a scale of like one to ten, with ten being the highest, what numerically would you rate this movie? Mm. <laughs> um, uh huh. That's different from recommendation. It's very different, especially because I watch a lot of Spike Lee productions, even ones that he didn't like write and produce himself, like. Mm-hmm. Old boy, or um, what's the one in the bank? I can't remember it right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, he, there's a lot of things where it's like you know he's put his hands on it. Or like I love Miracle in St. Anna, and apparently nobody else likes it, but I love that movie. Like that is one of my favorite movies that Spike Lee has produced that people just like hate. So comparing to Miracle in St. Anna. <laughs> It's not as so, good. No, we're not comparing, though. We're just numerically. 10 being the highest, uh, 1 being the It is a solid 7.5. That is a passing Girl, day. you, <laughs> ooh, you generous today. <laughs> Real generous. All right. Okay. Well, we didn't even, you wouldn't say it passed as a film. It covered enough bases to be a passing grade because of what CJ did. That's not fair to everybody else. <laughs> but what she did created basically the whole plot of the movie, so I can't take 
away her actions. I can't just be like, oh, she was here in the conclusion or the prelude or act one, act two. Like, her selfishness, again, I say this, just in my opinion, overshadowed the whole movie for me. Every single movie. But that's what's realistic, even with the time travel. Like, hers were intentional. But if you compare it to, like, Back to the Future, he made accidental mistakes. Like, when his dad fell off the tree and he was trying to save his dad from falling off the tree, and then he had to go back and try and fix everything that he did. It's just, like, the same thing would be true anytime you go into these ultimate uh, timelines. You're going to accidentally or purposely probably do something that's going to affect the timeline. Like, realistically, but that's even, what it's going to be. Even her intentional actions are selfish from the slushy thing to even going back in time at all. Like, we don't know if this is going to work. We don't know if it'll disintegrate you. And you might leave your mom now kidless, like completely childless. Yeah, Sebastian didn't originally want to go. Sebastian, Sebastian also had reservations. You didn't care. You basically friend pressured him into going. So I just, there's like selfishness sprinkled over every single move she made. And I did not care. I disagree that he didn't want to go at all because that's the very first thing. No, I think he did. hesitated. No, like the first scene when the backpacks caught on fire, he was all ready, ready to go. He was trying to get her to right. shut up. No, I mean going back to save her brother, to save her brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> because he knows it was dangerous. But I, I, I understand why she do something like that. Like you can go back in time for a lot of things. If you're going to go back in time for something, it might as well be something important, something significant. And while there are a lot of folks that say, like, unlike Misfits, when that man went back in time to stop Hitler, mm-hmm. and he ended up um, continuing Nazi Germany. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Oh, my God. I would probably give it a five and a half. I feel like that half is being generous. All right. All right. As you guys get to know us and you determine if you're more of a Mandy or more of a Ollie, you can probably figure out if you want to watch this movie. <laughs> You'd be like, Mandy was tripping, or Ollie didn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> right. I know a lot of people that are going to try it out just to see if they, you know, just to see if they are going to hate it. And then they'll probably be like, yeah, Ollie was right. <laughs> or yeah, Mandy was right. But you got Gotta watch it to even find out if you agree. Yeah, so I guess I'm not recommending it, but if you happen to watch it, then definitely listen to our review afterwards. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I have something for Tech Takeover. Ooh, I want to hear. So the thing I want to talk about are phone upgrades versus app upgrades. So I... Wait, can you say the first one again? Did you say song? Like music? No, phone. Phone upgrades oh, phone. versus okay. app upgrades. Okay. So um, there are two major phone types that, you know, people have. They're either an Apple user or Android user. And there are multiple Android companies, but generally those are the two options that you have if you are operating within a smartphone universe. And um, those individual companies often make upgrades to their phones, you know, every year, and they introduce the new such and such, 10, X plus, Y, whatever. (laughs) Um, Also true. 
And my opinion is that Apple sucks when it comes to phone upgrades. Ever since Steve Jobs passed away, may he rest in peace, their upgrades to the phone have just been, the screen's going to be bigger, the phone's going to be bigger, the phone's going to be smaller, the, <laughs> the camera's going to be clearer. Like, it's just like, it's just like a, a five-year-old came up with these ideas. Um, and Android tries to do a lot of interesting things with their phone upgrades, Android companies. However, I've noticed that when it comes to the application stores, the different apps kind of function better with Apple phones, like the iOS upgrades. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the things that made me think about it was uh, Snapchat recently created a new filter. Mm -hmm. And I was seeing so many people on social media operating and showing the filters. And whenever I did it, I was just like, it doesn't really look that good. And then I realized it's because I currently have an Android phone. So I used to have an Apple phone. Um, that's the other thing y'all can probably learn about me. Mandy does not have a system or phone loyalty. I don't really care. I just needed to be able to do the things I needed to be able to do. Does it have uh, data? Can I text? Can I make a phone call? If it checks those boxes, then it's cool. But, um, yeah, but besides that, like, I do want my apps to kind of function the way that they're meant to function. But I think that with Android phones, they just don't make the upgrades as interesting as they do with Apple. So I'm assuming that when they design them, they design them more so with, like, Apple phones or Apple devices in mind. It's kind of, it's, like, crazy. What do you think? I agree with most of that. The thing that bothers me is that sometimes when we have these, like, applications that come out, it'll say available on iOS, um, Android OS coming soon. So it's like, Android mm -hmm. operating systems are often secondary, and I agree with you. Like, it, some of these applications do work better on iPhones. I feel like that's because the base or the core is built around as if that's the main audience. When honestly, it's half and half for the people that I know, at least. Like, half people have iPhones, half people have Androids. And so it would behoove them to put more backing or more uh, computer scientists or programmers onto the Android teams to make sure that they're par and par with each other, you know what I mean, and one's not better than the other. Otherwise, that's how you have customers leaving one system going to the other. So, yeah, or how some apps are available in the Apple Store, but not on, like, Google Play for you to download it for your Android phone. So that, yeah, as but an Android user, can be frustrating. It, it is, but the reason why it's, like, hard for me to navigate is because the developers of the apps, are the people that are creating which system is going to work better on. It's not like the like Samsung or LG or Google is are the ones creating the applications and then making sure that it uh, works well or the quality is high within their system. It's just people. And those people, I guess, main, are Apple users, like are more developers Apple users? Mm, not necessarily, because an 
app developer can like be neither team. They just like create the app, and then you have the engineers that come in and modify the app to fit on certain um, systems. So are the engineers Apple users, and that's why they see bias? <laughs> I don't know. It could be that they have like a generic rubric to start off of, and maybe like iPhones or iPhone or iOS was the original rubric to start off of. And since, again, Android is secondary, they're like, okay, we'll get to you when we get to you. We'll give you the leftover bits and pieces to at least make sure the app opens. Mm. <laughs> Working is another thing. So, yeah. Don't appreciate it, but it is what it is. And it just it doesn't just yeah. affect like Snapchat. It also affects business. There's this application right now and <laughs> it's in the realm of one of the platforms I use for my business, but I can't use it. And I have all these iPhone owner friends who have been using it, like, Oh, this is great. It's great for this type of business that we do, like you should do it and I'm like I would if they would remove that coming soon to Android system sign, which they've had up for three months while you guys are progressing with this app, but I can't unless I switch phones, and I'm not about to do that. So, yeah. Exactly. And, of course, it just vindicates Apple users to just be like, yeah, our phone is great. And I'm like, no, your phone is basic, but the application is so great. <laughs> exactly. I do question, though, because you're like, I'm sure like the millionth person I've heard say that it was since Steve Jobs has passed, that quality has gone down. But I'm like, there's always been a team of people. So I'm just like, what happened to the team of people they were cultivating? Or do y'all not have apprenticeships or anything like that? Steve Jobs couldn't have been the only person in the idea bank, like, creating stuff. Like, even when they decided to take away the headphone jack and put in an adapter and then bring it back and all this other stuff, I was like, y'all mm -hmm. aren't making sense. It just seems like y'all are trying to find new ways to charge your customers, and that wouldn't make me happy if I was a yes. iOS customer. Yes. <laughs> That was the other thing that I've said to Apple users. I'm like, the upgrades that they make make it more expensive for you. Like, mm -hmm. On an already just, expensive phone. They Exactly. Like, they've made developments that are beneficial to them as a company, but not for you as a customer. And Apple people are like, you just saying that because you're poor. You're just saying that because <laughs> when I text you, the text come up green mm -hmm. instead of blue. And I'm just like, okay. You keep throwing your money at Apple. They don't give two flying flips about you. Exactly. Like, can you imagine paying, like, a minimum of $1,000 for a phone, $100 for headphones, like, $40 for a cord, just, like, $50 for charges, just excess, excess, excess. And then say you want all Apple products because you want everything to sync. So, like, 1500 minimum for a computer. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. it's just a lot. And that's the other thing yeah. And they're like, and, and when I'm on one device, I can click over to my other device and blah, blah, blah. So all your uh, devices know what you're doing. They're all in your business. I'm good. <laughs> right. Not only I don't that, Apple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, that's what I'm like. Everything's synced up. Your iPad, your iPod, your – not iPods anymore. Oh, girl, I dated myself. Your iPad, <laughs> your laptops, your iPhones, everything needs to be synced. And I'm like – no, like I have an Android phone and I have a Mac, so no. <laughs> no, everything does not need to be synced. I'm good. I have an underappreciated award if we're working towards close, closing. The, um, pot, yeah, let's pot, do it. Pot, 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 pot. So I want to send out this underappreciated award to fast food workers. And I want to shout out this video. <laughs> 
<laughs> this video I saw, um, if you all follow RDC World 1 on YouTube, they are hilarious. They're these, gr these group of guys from, I want to say they're from either Texas or Atlanta. But basically, they make funny content and videos usually surrounding around like anime or growing up um, within their ethnic affiliation. And they, <laughs> they created a video about like fast food people who work at Pie Pies, and it was hilarious. It hit like 2 million views in a very, very short time, and I've rewatched, I haven't rewatched a YouTube video like several times in a long time, and I rewatched that one like three times. So I just wanted to give a shout out to our fast food workers, because specifically in the video, they were just basically going in on like, this is how Pie Pies workers are. Like, they had new people training and stuff, and they were being nice, and the manager was like, no, that's, don't have a good day. No, you can't get any extra sauces. <laughs> No, if you're having a problem, put the pull, put the chicken with your hand. Oh, somebody got a problem, pull up to the window then, pull up. So <laughs> it was just hilarious for me, one, like relating to it, like seeing stuff like that before growing up, and two, hilarious to me because I'm like, you know, for these people to be in certain situations and circumstances and environments, I can understand why you're upset. Like you're in a hot kitchen or a hot restaurant serving people food all day, sometimes ungrateful people, sometimes nice people, and you're on your feet. Like I understand. I've worked in fast food industry before, so I just thought it was hilarious. And I just want to give a shout-out to all the fast food workers, the servers, the hostesses, the cashiers, the cooks, the sous chefs, the cleaners, the sanitary people, just everybody. Sous chefs? At a fast food restaurant? Listen, you can have gourmet chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you said Popeyes, the first thing that I thought about was Jamaican restaurants where they have no <laughs> level of customer service. We don't have that. We don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think they don't have any customer service? Um, I told somebody before, West Indian people, they just have an energy about them that comes out even when they are being polite. Like, it can let me sound so loud and aggressive. Mandy can speak on this because she, she comes from a West Indian family. So she has plenty to speak on this. So she's not just randomly making some accusations. That's all I want Yeah. <laughs> um, I was at a event the other day, and the lady was on the mic, and she was like, I heard that the people down in the South have, have manners, but we went to the airport and no one said good morning. We <laughs> wake up in Jamaica, the people don't say good morning. And if someone says good morning, feel like that. That doesn't actually sound like they want you to have a good morning. But, but the reality is like, maybe they do. <laughs> and if you go to the restaurant and they're like, we not have no more of this and that and this and that. Maybe they're just trying to help you to say, we understand that you may have been prepared to dine with us and experience this thing, but unfortunately, we don't have any more left. So we just wanted to let you know in advance before you got a taste for it. Like, <laughs> like, that's, like that's how I feel about it. They think that they are being polite. They think that they are being kind. And the reality is just like, you're rude. Um, <laughs> it doesn't come off that way. You're right. Maybe they do think that way. and Because it's like that every time, I've, I think every time I've gone with you or every time I've even gone by myself where I'm like, um, I like this guy. We only have beef patty. We don't have that. Oh, <laughs> what about only beef patty? No chicken. Right. And then you're like, <laughs> it's 
3 o'clock in the afternoon, y'all close at 10, and you don't have nothing? <laughs> That's the other thing. Who came up in here and bought all the chicken patties? I don't understand. Y'all only been open for two hours. I don't understand. Not no, we'll have some later, or it'll take 10 minutes. Just no, no. You don't have any. No. <laughs> because, and I, I want to highlight that because I've also been to a Caribbean restaurant, and um, when they make, generally when they make things, like they'll make one thing for that day. So when they run out of it, they run out. They're not going to make more. So that's usually what happens with things like patties and stuff. And I went to one, and I like soup. And sometimes they'll do a soup of the day, and it's like that day, that is the soup you get. But this restaurant didn't actually have a soup of the day. But the owner was in there eating soup. So I was like, oh, what kind of soup is that? And he's basically saying it was managed water, which is um, like goat soup. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I just made it for myself. So look at this and that's and the other. And I was just like, oh, okay. And then he's like, why, you want some? You want to eat some soup? Again, this doesn't sound like an actual invitation. But he was actually kind. And I was like, yeah, I'll take a little taste of it. And he gave me the soup for free. So in that way, they think they're being kind, but it's just the way that Caribbean people talk. Sometimes it's a little, it's a little aggressive. It's a little strong. A little strong. <laughs> like strong. we have a friend, and we have, I have a friend um, whose mom. She says things really softly, though. Like she has a nice kind of tone, but again, she I would say, "You hungry? You eat." You eat, you're hungry, and it's like, oh, thank you, um, so-and-so's mom, for offering me to eat. But it's almost just like, you're hungry? It doesn't sound like, they're, they're, it sounds like they're mad at you for being hungry. But the reality right. is just like, I want to offer you food. Exactly. Especially if you haven't been around these types of people, you know what I'm saying? If you're, like, new to the friend group and you have, like, a, a mom, yeah. yeah. Asking you, you're hungry? It's like, no, no, I'm not. I'm no, okay. I'm okay. I'll eat when I get I don't need food. I don't need sustenance. <laughs> I don't ever want me being hungry to be your problem, miss. So, yeah, shout out to all of the fast food workers, I guess, especially the Caribbean ones. Um, especially y'all. That can work on their. Quantity and <laughs> predictions. I mean, I understand they're on that hashtag no food waste wagon. So it's like if you get some, you get some. If you don't, come back tomorrow. But mm-hmm. oh, if you sucking, like you said, when it's 10 o'clock, y'all been over two hours and y'all already out of stuff. <laughs> Did you have an underappreciated award? Um, I, I'd pick something, but it's not actually like... Uh, I don't know if I want to do it. I'll I'll say I'll it really quick to make it short and sweet. Okay. Okay. Um, my underappreciated award goes to good nail salons. Um, okay. I just feel like getting your nails done, your hands or your feet or whatever, or your eyebrows. They've basically been like the a self care place for people for so long, especially before we could get kind of higher level entities of self-care. Like before bath bombs were a thing, you would go (laughs) and you would get your feet in that hot tub bubbling water. You would feel really good about yourself and it would bring you a little bit of calm or whatever for that week. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, even though some folks have some 
variation of feelings about when they go to get their nails done, depending on who their nail attendant is. Um, I think, generally speaking, when you find a good nail salon, it is a stress reliever. It can be mm-hmm. an entertaining experience, and you just come out feeling better than when you came in because you're a little bit, you know, more groomed, more jizzed up. Mm-hmm. And that's why I gave it my underappreciated work. All right. I would definitely agree with that. Like, it sucks having to bounce around from nail salon to nail salon or, you know, grooming salon or trying different people out, whether you get stuff like waxed or threaded or painted or pulled or plucked. Like, you want to be as comfortable as possible during this, like, sometimes painful process. So when you said stress reliever, I was like, yes, just being able to sit down in, like, a chair or not have to worry about doing something yourself and just being able to sit down and relax is very important. And it's even more so important if you end up at a bath salon where they cut you and you're bleeding and they keep going or you tell them that hurts mm-hmm. and they just say okay and they keep going or you don't like your service and they're like, oh, well, it's done, so here's how much you owe. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's sucks when you get in those kind of situations, but when you find the right one or you start going to certain places, and I've had people like, oh, hey, good to see you, Ollie. I haven't seen you in so long. And I'm like, yeah, because I've been trying to do my eyebrows myself, but now they look like bush. So (laughs) here I am. (laughs) So, yeah, I am on board with you with giving them the unappreciated award. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like we shouted out people that are kind of, you know, in the service industry this week. Yes, we did. Look at that. We didn't plan this, y'all. We never do. We never do. We never vote. Any closing remarks? Um, I just want to thank everybody who has listened to our podcast thus far. Mm -hmm. Please, please comment and let us know your thoughts. Um, We want to continue to improve. We're trying to make Mm -hmm. little improvements as we go. Ollie's telling me stuff about that I've messed up on. I don't know if y'all know this, but I'm hoping the sound quality sounds better this week than it did last week. That was my fault, all that crispy Well, clapping. let's reword that. I'm not, like, wagging my finger, like, you messed this up. I was just like, mm, that sounds a little different. <laughs> I don't know about this. Yeah, thing no, I need correction. Tell me. I was just like, oh, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> So, yes, definitely send us your comments, questions, concerns. Again, you want to get it in now while we have time to answer you. Please rate us on whatever platform you use. Um, Subscribe to the podcast so you don't know when we release a new episode. Um, I haven't really picked – we haven't really picked a standard date yet. Yeah, we'll figure out what day will be our day, depending on when people listen. I don't know. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> at MNO Podcast. That's and M-N-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You can and send us uh, emails and letters at Mandy and at com. Okay, guys. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Every weekend, every weekend, I heard some things. I heard some things, but I can't complain. Cause I stepped to you and I asked your name. Yeah, I came with game. Tell me your name. She said, Roxanne, then you look so familiar.